All right. Hakamatsot Akron Show Pesach. Take, get you some. Okay. So now, finally, getting to my point that I wanted to bring up with the Matthew 16 4. That says, an evil and adulterous generation clamors for a sign, yet no sign will be given to it except the sign of Yonah. And leaving them behind, he went away. Now, I want to point out, Matthew 16, 4 says that because people wanted a sign, they were called some names and then Yeshua left them. So, again... Many people who are believers today want to get caught up in, oh, that just felt so awesome. Oh, it was amazing. I got goosebumps. I got chills. Oh, my word. I just want to throw stuff. And it's like, okay, if that's all you're about, then uh, Yeshua is going to call you something that you're probably not going to like. And then second of all, you will be seeing the back of his face or the back of his head as he walks away. Because an evil and adulterous generation is one who clamors for signs. And furthermore, Yeshua said, fine, you want a sign? I'll give you a sign. And you ain't going to like that one either because it's the sign of Jonah. There's your deliverance. So what does that mean? Because what happened to Jonah is totally Mashiach ben Yosef stuff. Suffering servant who dies. And has to be resurrected. That's not the kind of deliverance that was looked for in the first century. Bezrat Hashem in our current day and age, that's the kind of deliverance that we are looking for. That as we're going through our suffering and dying to ourselves, that we will be resurrected. It may be soon in our days. Because I don't know about you, life is a little different right now. It's a little tough. It's a little tight. It's a little constricted. And it's a little isolated. But guess what? Jonah and the Messiah both went through a little tough, a little isolated, a little constricted, a little challenging. I want to go to Benny B, who is Ladder of Jacob commentary on part on uh, Jonah, because Jonah's studied during Yom Kippur, by the way. All Jews study Jonah during the holiday or Slikah, the Moed, the appointed time of Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement. So uh, his commentary on this, he brings down this comparison chart. He says, well, did you know Jonah 1-7, where lots were cast for Jonah, uh, that in Psalm 22 and John 19, 24, lots were cast about Yeshua. And Psalm twenty two eighteen, by the way, corresponds to Esther. Uh, Psalm 22 is also Esther's cry before Hashem as she was going to meet King Ahasuerus after the three days fasting and the, the famous statement, if I perish, I perish. So that happened. It says, in the belly of the fish, symbolizing Sheol, three days and three nights, Jonah 1.17 and Jonah 2.2. 2. Yeshua was in the belly of Sheol as well, because three days and three nights, that's Matthew 12.40, uh, where Yeshua talks about that. And then obviously, we know, after Mashiach was crucified, it was the three-day period there, which is the main crux of what I want to talk about. So I could go on, and I will uh, before I get to that source. So yeah, I'm gonna leave you hanging for a second. No pun intended. 
Okay, weeds were wrapped around his head. That's Jonah 2.5. A crown of thorns was wrapped around the head of Yeshua, Matthew 27.29. Mark 15.17, John 19.5. Uh, Jonah is brought up from the pit because he was spewed out of the mouth of the fish. That's Jonah 2.6. Uh, Yeshua is brought up from the pit, i.e. from the grave. He, The grave spit him out because death could not contain him. Death was like, stop, too much life. Stop it. Leave me alone. And Yeshua was like, I'm going to eat you. Because, you know, death was swallowed up in victory. And Yeshua was called victory. Anyway, um, Matthew 28, Mark 16, Luke 24, John 20. Death cannot hold him down because that's how he rose. Okay, and then because that's how he rose. That's funny. Okay, Nineveh, which equals Rome, from Sefer Zerubbabel. Rome conceals the Mashiach, Sanhedrin 98. Uh, the voice of rebuke. Did you know Jonah went out preaching the message of repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand? Yeah, he did that. He actually went to Galilee before he went to Nineveh and preached that message. And Galilee was like, Psh, who is this guy? This, this, this kid. His mom was about to die after feeding him a piece of cake. Yeah, remember that story where Eliyahu visits his widow and her son? That son, by the way, that was that was Yona. I'll source that out for you in just a second. But anyway, people were looking at him like, isn't this the widow's son? Just like they asked Yeshua, isn't this Joseph's son? Son of a carpenter, which, by the way, carpenter meant stone uh, builder, stone mason, if you will, like temple builder. Uh, ben Yosef is called the son of a carpenter, which the word in Hebrew is harash, which is what uh, is used as artisan. Uh, speaking of Bezalel, who was the one who built the ark. How about that? Nothing new in the New Testament. Anyway, so voice of rebuke, that was Jonah. And the voice of rebuke is also Yeshua. Matthew 4, 17. Jonah 3, 7. That's why when the people said, can anything good come from Galilee? It was just like, yeah, because they didn't accept Yonah and they showed didn't accept Yeshua ben Yosef. Last one, and then we'll get to our other sources. Thank you for your patience. Uh, the nations listen to him and they make Teshuva. That's Jonah 1.16 and Jonah 3.10. While the nations listen to Yeshua and make Teshuva, Luke 24.47. All right, so that's a little compare contrast. Again, that's brought down Ladder of Jacob on Jonah. Then, uh, so shouts out to Benny B. Going on here, uh, Midrash Shoker Tov 26.7. Jonah was the son of the widow in Zarephath who had died and ha who had died and had Yelia. Eliyahu Hanavi bring him back to life. So, yeah, this this uh, child that the widow had, he died at some point. First uh, Kings seventeen, and uh, Eliyahu brought him back. Not to be confused with Habakkuk, who is the son of the Shunammite woman that Eliyahu or Elisha. Uh, sent Gehazi to and then Elisha had to end up showing up because Gehazi was crazy and he had to go in the upper room and lay over the child and the child sneezed and all that that was Habakkuk so 
son of the Shunammite woman, Habakkuk, son of the widow in Zarephath, Yonah. Another, just so you know, uh, is according to the Yerushalayimi Talmud, the Jerusalem Talmud, Sukkah 1, 4, says, Yonah ben Amitai, Jonah ben Amitai was one of those who came up for the festivals to Yerushalayim. And he came in for the rejoicing of Beit Hashoeva, and the Holy Spirit rested upon him. So this is the source that brings down that it was through the festival of Sukkot that Jonah received the gift of the Holy Spirit, which was where his prophecy is sourced from. So Jonah became a prophet from observing the festivals. And by the way, that's how it's supposed to be for us, that if we really, truly dig into these festivals that Hashem has ordained for us, we too can receive the gift of the Holy Spirit and begin to prophesy. Now, obviously, we won't be prophets because we don't have the Beit HaMikdash. But when the Beit HaMikdash comes back, prophets will again rule the world. OK, we never ruled the world in the first place, but I mean, we're going to we're going to be back in it. That's what I'm saying. I just like saying rule the world because it sounds dramatic. So, but yeah, actually, it, it will be true because remember the whole co-heirs with Mashiach thing, you know, we're going to be ruling and reigning with the Messiah when he returns. Should we be people who've suffered with him? Which again, if you're not a part of the Jewish nation, that's going to be an issue because you ain't going to be able to just waltz up to Mashiach and be like, all right, where my crown at? Where my seat at? Let's do this. And he's like, you never ate kosher. I never knew you. You never done to fill in or zeet zeet if you were a guy. You weren't circumcised. You didn't dress as a newt. Ladies, you didn't light candles. You know, it's just like, so I don't know if you're going to be able to roll with me on this one. You know, I got to be equally yoked and stuff. Just to name a few things. Uh, okay. So we got to suffer with him. Got to be like good juice. Uh, Yochanan 7, 37 through 39, this is where Yeshua says, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. That point in the festival is the, the seventh day of Sukkot. And that's where Yonah received his gift on that day. Hoshana Rabbah is what that day is called. It's a beautiful day. That's where we literally cry out to Hashem for like ever saying, save us, save us, Hashem, grant us salvation, Hashem, grant us Yeshua. Like we literally, all Jews cry out to Yeshua on that day. Literally. We all say the same words, which include Yeshua, save us. So I don't know about you, but thinking about Jews who are Orthodox, who observe Sukkot and among many other things, but they say that they don't believe in, in JC. Well, they definitely believe in Yeshua because if they don't, then they should not be saying those prayers that are in the Magzor for Sukkot. All right, let's get to the point. Let's drop in some uh, Dr. Sakal as we head to the, the sign of Jonah drop from Midrash Rabbah. Dr. Sakal, where you been at? All in our grill like a microwave, pretty much. Anyway... <laughs> He, he he hadn't been hidden anywhere like he he hasn't been playing around like he's if anything since COVID-19 he's increased his violence so that's great because we need that says what's the difference between matzah and chametz 
They're both made from flour and water, both baked in an oven, and both provide nourishment. Man, what's the difference? What's the difference between Jonah and Mashiach? Obviously, there's a bigger difference between Jonah and Mashiach because Mashiach was divine and stuff. So there's that. But anyway. But one who stays flat and humble while other but one stays flat and humble while the other fills itself up with hot air. Mm. Hot air, huh? That's Hamid's. <laughs> Anybody who, uh, you know, around you, hopefully not you, hopefully not me, filled with hot air. That's the definition of Hamid's, which is what we're supposed to remove from our house for seven days. <laughs> okay. And it says, that's why matzah is a key ingredient for leaving our personal Egypt. Oh, it's about to get personal. As long as we're full of delusions of self-importance, there's no way to break out and grow to a new level. Once we make ourselves small, we can fit through any bars and fly to the highest heights. I mean, you know, you can pretty much get anywhere you need to go if you make yourself small enough. And if you have to go quantum, even better, because now you can travel outside of time and space. All right, let me go to my Midrash Rabbah. After I say this. Okay, so go back, pull out a calendar if you can. Go to your calendar for 2020 and the month of April. The month we're in now. Look at April 7th, April 8th, April 9th, April 10th of this current year. Now, what I'm about to share with you, hopefully you can get a good picture of. I want you to split each of those days in half. Okay, so... Seven will have a top and seven will have a bottom. Eight will have a top and eight will have a bottom. Nine will have a top and nine will have a bottom. Ten will have a top and ten will have a bottom. Okay. So your days are going to be in halves. Okay. The lines that you created to break the days in half, call that sundown. Okay. So now from sundown to the bottom of your date, that's going to mean it's a brand new day. So now Wednesday will actually begin on the bottom half of Tuesday after sundown. So the thing is, is I was I was also talking to my Kala as well that, you know, man, it's ridiculous getting off the Gregorian calendar to the Hebrew calendar. If you can do that, that's a miracle because you change the calendar, you change the name of the Mashiach. And voila, if you just do those two things alone, you've already confused half, if not more, of believers. So anyway, just a note to self on who do we call the Mashiach? I hope we don't call him JC because that, again, will bring in layers of confusion. Because there are no J's in Hebrew. So what are we doing? Anyway, um, and Yeshua was a Hebrew. So now. You got Tuesday on April the 20th of this year was the 7th. So you got Tuesday the 7th. Now, on your top half of your day, I want you to write 13th of Nissan for Tuesday the 7th, 14th of Nissan for Tuesday or Wednesday the 8th, 
15th of Nissan for Thursday the 9th. Friday will be the 16th of Nissan. Okay. So now, that number that you have on top, technically, this 13th and 14th, 15th, 16th of Nissan, those numbers, those actually begin on the bottom of the day that precedes it. So since we only have the 7th through the 10th up here, we can only go with the, the Wednesday to Tuesday. So now, Wednesday the 8th, which is the 14th of Nissan, go ahead and draw an arrow to the bottom of Tuesday the 7th beneath the line for sundown. So now sundown on down and moving over into Wednesday the 8th, you have the 14th of Nissan. It is at this point that Mashiach had his Seder with his Talmudim. He went out into the Garden of Gethsemane and he was arrested and he was taken to the house of, uh, I believe it was, what was his name? Caiaphas or something like that. The, the Cohen that year, he was a Sadducee. And because if he was a, a Pharisee, he would not have started trials that so late into the night because Pharisees know that you don't start court trials after sundown. You only do court cases during the day. Namely, after the morning lamb is offered and before the evening lamb is offered. Those two lambs a day we're supposed to offer. That's the only time you can hold court. If it's outside of that window, you do not hold court. Which means that as some person is in court, there's the lamb of God interceding on behalf of their sins before the father. So anyway, so they're in the, in the house of the Sadducees. So now we're going from the bottom half of Tuesday the 7th into the top half of Wednesday the 8th. Now remember that line you have that says sundown. So before that line, Yeshua is going to be scourged, he's going to be crucified, and he's going to be buried. So by the time you hit the line for sundown on Wednesday the 8th, Yeshua will be credited as have been in the grave for one day. Even if it was for two minutes or three minutes, 30 minutes or super spiritual, 18 minutes before sundown, which is where we light the candles, by the way. So how fitting would that be that Yeshua, who is life, goes into death to bring us life at 18 minutes before sundown, which is where we light the candles to go into the 15th of Nisan, which is the beginning of our Seder and us beginning to receive new life. That would be really cool to think about. But anyway... Let's just say he wasn't. But at some point before sundown, Yeshua was put in the grave. So that is day one. That's important to note because when you go by the Hebrew calendar and even by the, the, the reign of kings, which are counted from the month of Nisan, that if a king came into power before the beginning of the month of Nisan, it's already considered that he's been in the reign of king as one year. Even though he came in the rain at the month of Adar or the month of Shavat or the month of uh, Tevet, it's like, he's only been king for like 30 days. It's like, yeah, but it was before the first of Nisan, so it counts as one year. Just like when a woman starts Nida, if she begins Nida at some point before sundown, that counts as the first day. So now from that point, she would count out the rest of her days. Same thing with Mashiach. He was put in the tomb before sundown on the 14th of Nisan. And that counts as one day. So the 14th of Nisan is one day. 
So now we're on April, which is a Wednesday of the 8th. So April the 8th, which is a Wednesday, looking at our calendar. Remember, our days are cut in half, and that little line that halves the day is sundown. So now on the bottom of sundown, on Wednesday, April 8th, put Pesach Seder normal. This is when we normally have our Seder. This is where Yeshua was in the grave. So now this is the second day. Go all the way over to Thursday the 9th. Top half of Thursday the 9th. Still in the 15th of Nisan. Yeshua is still in the grave. Apparently this is when there was the argument over the tomb and uh, the body and make sure his disciples don't come take it and all that kind of stuff. And so whatever that passage of the gospel was talking about, that happened during this day, which is called the rest day, by the way. This is where the term Pesach or the first day of the week of unleavened bread is known as Shabbat, known as the rest day. And so, uh, again, this is the other confusion that some people think, oh, I need to wait till Shabbat, like the seventh day Shabbat. And then on Sunday is when I can count the Omer. And it's like, no, no, no. The rest day is the 15th of Nisan, the day that Mashiach was in the tomb. That's the rest day. So now on the morrow, like on the beginning of the day after the rest day, that's when you count the Omer, which means 16th of Nisan, the day after the rest day, which the rest day is the 15th of Nisan. Very crucial to know this. Okay. All sorts of sources in my previous podcast about this. So you can go check all those out. Start from the beginning. I broke them up in parts because it's a lot of information. All right. So, uh, and namely part three of Hakamatsod is where I really get into the nitty gritty breaking this down because this year on April the 9th of 2020, people were fasting and celebrating, uh, no, 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 April the 10th, people were, uh, fasting on that Friday and celebrating good Friday. And it's like, well, this is actually the day he resurrected. Y'all are saying, that he was put in the grave this day. So you're denying the resurrection by celebrating Good Friday and fasting. Which, by the way, this is not a time of the year to be fasting, by the way. Just saying. Um, But, you know, such is the life of a Sadducee. They don't care. So they do what they want. And they start counting the Omer on Resurrection Sunday. Which is not a thing. It's actually Resurrection 16th of Nisan. But nobody knows about the 16th of Nisan, except you, except us, except those who follow the Hebrew calendar. But anyway, may more and more people know. So, 15th of Nisan, we're in the top half of the day. Yeshua's body's still in the tomb. So now go to that line where it says sundown. That is where we start to celebrate Havdalah and count the Omer. Again, in part three of the podcast of Hag HaMatzot uh, that I just posted, it I go into all of the, the things that happened that night. There's a big crowd of people. They go out with emissaries from the court. They go out into the field. They go find that bundled up loaf of that bundled up sheaf of the barley. And they do all this uh, call and response about gathering the omer and all that. And it's it's amazing. This would have been the time that Yeshua raised from the grave. This is why. By the time you get there the next morning, which 
in the gospel accounts, when this happened, it actually lined up with a Sunday on that time. But again, Sunday didn't exist until the Gregorian calendar came around. So really, we're talking about the first day of the week, Yom Rishon. But anyway, which is why, again, saying Resurrection Sunday is a problem because Sunday didn't exist at that point in time. So what's really going on is what I would like to ask. Denying the resurrection is a problem because that kind of stuff means you deny the word of God. Because if you deny the resurrection, you're also denying the Bible. You can't deny the resurrection by saying I'm celebrating the resurrection, though you're not celebrating the resurrection when the resurrection happened because you don't go by the calendar, which means you don't go by the times that Hashem has set. So that's not good. No bueno, as we say. So anyway, so that's the, the Habdala time on this line that's on the bottom of the Thursday, the 9th. So now you cross the sundown line, you're into the 16th of Nisan. So this is the resurrection. So if you think about it, if you went to the tomb that following morning, which lines up on our calendar here, Friday the 10th, of course Yeshua would not have been there. How long ago was Habdala? <laughs> okay, so anyway... Uh, yeah, so, and everybody wants to, he rose early on a Sunday morning. And it's like, no, he rose at Havdalah because that's when the first day of the week starts. Oi, 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 oi. What a mess. Okay, anyway. So, anyway, so that's your first night of counting the Omer, i.e., you're celebrating the festival of first fruits. You're celebrating that which came forth from the earth. Ta-da! And that's how you do the calendar. Hopefully that makes sense to you. I have a beautiful picture that I am now saving to my favorites. In case anybody needs it, I will freely share it with you. All you need to do is ask. All right, so now let's go to my Midrash Rabbah. This is the Midrash Rabbah. Um, on Parsha, goodness gracious, yeah, Bereshit Rabbah, Parsha Miketz, and it is Midrash Rabbah 91.7, here's what it says, send one of you, etc., then he herded them into a ward like jail, you're going to jail, boy, you're going to jail for a three-day period. So it says the Midrash introduces a principle that serves to explain our verse and others. The Holy One, blessed be he, never leaves the righteous in a distressful situation for three days. Footnote, when something happens three times, a chazakah or a presumptive legal status is formed. So if you do something three times, you've created a chazakah, which is a legal status. So now it's like, this is legit now. So when we say kadosh, 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 Adonai, Zevaot, Melokola Aditz, or if you pray that prayer after the incense prayer, where we say, uh, Adonai, Zevaot, 
Adonai, Master of Legions, is with us. A stronghold for us is the God of Jacob, Selah. And then uh, Adonai, Zebaot, Tashri Adon, Abak. Adonai, Master of Legions. Uh, praiseworthy is the one who trusts in you. And then Adonai, Hoshia, Hamelech, Yanenu, Vayom, Karenu. Adonai, save. May the king answer us on the day we call. We say each of those stanzas three times. So we're making a Chazakah. Just like the angels are making a Chazakah when they say Kadosh, 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 Adonai, Zebaot. Side note, how many times do they say that? Because for eternity, which is like past, present, and future, and beyond, that's what they're saying as they're going around the throne of Hashem. And we're all tripped up saying, oh, it's the same Shakari prayer. It's the same Minka prayer. It's the same Ari prayer. It's like, okay, we've done this Shabbat prayer before. Oh, we've done this Birkat Hamazon before. Oh my gosh, the 11 minute prayer. Here we go. And it's like, we're getting outdone by four living creatures surrounding the throne. And they're saying like, what? Kadosh, 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 Adonai, Zevaot, Melo, Ko, Haaretz, Kevodo. Like seven words. They're saying seven words forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever. And did I mention ever? But yeah, we can't switch up our prayers at certain times of the day and keep saying them forever and forever and ever for however long Hashem gives us to live. That should be a Selah, but if it's not, okay. Uh, and then it goes on to say that a legal status is formed and it becomes harder, so to speak, to put an end to the present state of affairs. Therefore, God rescues the righteous before they endure three full days. Everybody say three full days. Three full days. Put some stank on it. Full days. Okay. Anyway, three full days. So what are we saying? If the righteous are in distress and have to endure for three full days, they have to break a legal law that has been set. So it's like day one, okay, we've gone through some distress. Day two, okay, we've gone through some distress. Day three, oh my gosh, if I finish this whole day out in distress, it's over. And Hashem's like, no, nah, okay, we'll, we'll break it. I don't want to create a chazaka on your distress, so we'll just go ahead and let you out. Guess what Joseph did with his brothers? He's like, three days? Psh, I ain't going to let y'all stay in here for three days. What do I look like? Not merciful or something? Anyway, and so did we learn from the story of Yosef, who released his brothers from prison on the third day. Say, on the third day. Put some swag on it. On the third day. All right. Footnote. Of course. Not to that part. I'll, put, I'll hit the next footnote because that one's more important. The Jonah, not really more important, but that's uh priority for what we're looking at right now. From the story of Jonah. So the Midrash Rabbah is talking about Joseph putting his brothers in prison for not a full three days, releasing them on the third day, just like Jonah. <laughs> okay, Joseph prison like into a pit not a full three days jonah yeshua says i'm gonna give you the sign of jonah i'm gonna show you something that won't take a full three days but on the third day something's gonna change okay namely 
the the that the one who is in the pit is going to be released from the pit and it won't be a full three days and it'll be on the third day of those not full three days that's the sign of jonah so the midrash rabbi is showing us midrash rabbi 91 7 goes on to say from the story of jonah who was only in the fish innards for three days and three nights jonah to one now the footnote eights yosef compares 56 1 above says although the verse in jonah appears to suggest that jonah was saved from the fish only after three days apparently jonah was expelled notice it says expelled interesting because remember i told you death couldn't hold yeshua yeshua created like well not really created death but like death is an outflow of creation because we caused it to outflow into creation because we ate the tree the knowledge of good and evil before that death didn't exist now it did but this is all pre-yeshua or uh post-yeshua because yeshua is the one from all this came from so what I'm saying is creation was birthed forth by the Torah, Yeshua, right? So everything was made through him, the principalities and all that thing rules and falls through him. Colossians 1 stuff, right? Colossians 1 stuff. Okay, yeah, that's where this is all at. And it's also in the Zohar for Parsha Shemini, but, you know, that's next week's Torah portion or this week's Torah portion, Sleekah. But anyway, so that's all in there. So, again... That which is master over death, death was like, I can't hold you. I'm subject to you. You're not subject to me. So I got to let you go. I can't hold you. And she was like, and you'll also be giving up a few more things as I take my leave. All right. And he walks away or walks out of the tomb. And the rock is like, oh, my gosh, here comes the rock. Let me get out of the way. And the rock moves. That's the Shomerman Midrash. That's how the rock left the tomb it rolled away it was just like Psh, i ain't gonna get in his way anyway it's half true about that midrash okay anyway so um yeah jonah was expelled by the fish before the completion of three full days and nights yefe toar and see further discussion there so yefe toar eight yosef midrash Shabbat, 91.7, Yona 2.1, uh, Bava Batra 28a, Kohelet Ecclesiastes 4.12, Yevamot 64b, um, Midrash Rabbah um, 91.7, and this is all in Genesis 42. Yosef throwing his brothers in prison. There you go. So, Brugashem, hopefully that helps you with some of the three days uh, signs. And Yeshua wasn't in the grave for three days. Oh, my gosh. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to lose my faith. It's like, no, you're not. You're going to get on the Hebrew calendar. And you're going to count the Omer. And you're going to celebrate the first fruits, whether it's on a Sunday or not, because that's when you celebrate. And that's how you celebrate. Brugashem.